This is the Best Boys Podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. Hello, Baltimore. Hello. You know what? Our new theme song kind of reminds me of like a the National Geographic uh, or was it the PBS documentary that they would show us in elementary school? Oh, yeah. You remember those? Oh, we have to change our theme song now. Yeah, sorry, Aaron. You yeah, fucked up. It really does sound like I'm that. I'm kidding. I love our theme song. It tastes like those little Ritz crackers with cream cheese on them. I have no idea what you're talking about. The Just memory. So you know. that's, no, that's what the memory tastes like. Okay. I've because never had that specific flavor combo. Well, specifically because I used to sit down like with a uh-huh. plate of Ritz crackers with cream cheese on top and yeah. watch all the PBS shows. I and see. so like when when you reminded me of the memory, the memory came to me. I get it. I get it. And, and then, then I all of a sudden you're watching it. a documentary yes. about like photosynthesis no, or some shit like that. Literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally. Yeah. Um hello everyone. Hi guys. How are you doing? This I mean, frankly, this episode might be unhinged. It may, it may not. We'll see. Monica's she's in the sky. <laughs> She's in the sky. <laughs> uh, what's that song that's like, birds in the sky, you know how I feel. Uh, sun in the, sun sky, in the sky, you know how I feel. It's called you Feeling Good. I'm feeling good. You know how I feel. Michael Bublé does a rousing rendition of it. No, it's a new day. I am doing him. That's my impression of him. No, that's not what he sounds like. He's a new day. He's a new line. You're doing Kermit. That's what and you're I'm doing. Feeling good, but um, <laughs> oh, Miss Piggy, <laughs> Monica uh, is under the influence. I have. I landed this morning at two a.m. Yeah, we're just both really delirious. <sighs> we don't know what's going on. Which Sierra, is this beat? That's is, good for a ghost story. It I is. think. Yeah, you know. Oh God, this movie was creamy. It was creamy. Oh wait, first, 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 first. Um, I want to say congratulations to Susan because her lovely baby was born. Yay, can we get a round of applause, please, for Susan? Yay, round of applause for Susan. Like the one time you get to do it, you're not Aaron. doing it. Yay. Uh, no, it's not relevant anymore. Monica, don't ruin the moment. This mofo. A round of applause for Claudette, the new baby in the world. That's Susan, Susan's baby. Susan's baby, Claudette. What's up, girl? She's going to be a lifer. I know. Ugh. What a oh, what a tiny, tiny miracle. <gasps> miracle of life. That Am is I right? Claudette. Am I right? Uh, was Claudette the name of the swan princess in The Swan Princess? Or was no, that something else? that was um, Odette. Odette. Mm. Oh, what a spicy movie. We got to watch that soon. <sighs> Such a good movie. I love, I've always loved her dress with the puffy sleeves. Yes. I also loved, it was a serve. I also loved the big ball that they had where they had all those different princesses come in different themed outfits. Yes. Remember based off of where they were yes. from? I specifically remember the girl with the corn themed outfit. Literally. <laughs> so good. I loved that movie. It was so good. I liked that movie. And then I liked Thumbelina. Oh, love Thumbelina. Oh, she was such a bad bitch. Thumbelina. She's Thumbelina. I cannot believe that we know that Gilbert song. Gilbert Gottfried plays a beetle. Literally. You beautiful baby. <laughs> that movie was Carol crazy. Channing yes. plays a mouse. And she sings a song called Marry the Mole. And then Charo's in it. As Charo a is in it as a toad, but like the toad is Charo. Like, yes. What the fuck? And it's legitimately kind and she's of like, scary. Hello. 
<laughs> she's a villain. Um, and she like she like sings and dances yes. these like Spanish songs, and yes. they're so fucking. And they funny. try and get Thumbelina to marry her ugly toad brother. Yes, <laughs> and Thumbelina's <laughs> like, "No, bitch, I'm made of more." I am. I got a prince. I to have find. more to offer this world. <laughs> oh uh, my god! Wow. Okay, we might have to do like a nostalgic animated film corner episode. Oh my god! And then we can finally watch an American Tale and an American Tale Two. Five goes west. Did you ever watch A Troll in Central Park? Yes, I did. Did you ever watch Oliver and Company? Duh. Oh, such all dogs go to heaven. Don Bluth really murdered really murdered slapped fucked even (laughs) (laughs) he he done oh my god oh and then all the all that like off disney animation do you know what i'm talking about like it's not disney's animation they're trying to do like their own thing and it's it's it always for whatever reason looked like off-brand disney yes but it wasn't it It was its own thing and it was rock a doodles one of my faves oh so good uh an elvis inspired tale of a rooster simply too good oh and then speaking of like off-brand disney anastasia oh yeah so good was that a bluth or was that a yeah okay that was a bluth oh my god it was like it was so fucking good featuring meg ryan i rem literally and i remember her (laughs) giant blue bow like i was so envious i was envious (laughs) and once upon a december she was why did you just become a jewish girl all of a sudden (laughs) oh my god wasn't john cusack in that too yeah he was the voice of uh Uh, dimitri yes and then his pal who's like dimitri oh my god and then then we have bartok (gasps) oh the best of the best and then i heat her sir but then bartok had his own movie yes bartok the magnificent featuring baba yaga no literally uh featuring tim curry uh featuring a lot of uh, a shocking number of very a-list actors like stars true yeah, true yeah, hollywood yeah. stars anyway i'll okay well, i digress i will consider doing an episode <laughs> an episode filled with delicious nostalgia and yes. animations and we'll be right back Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now back to the show. Well, as you guys know, we are continuing on our one month of Kidman. Kidman. Month of Kidman. Kidman. Kidman September. Kidman September. September of Kidman. And this movie, the movie that we were talking about this evening is, should I introduce it, Monica? Please. They're aching for it at it this is point. The Others. It came out in 2001, written and directed by Alejandro Amenabar. Did I say that right? Yep. Fantastic. A woman named Grace, played by Nicole Kidman, retires with her two children to a mansion on Jersey towards the end of the Second World War, where she's waiting for her husband to come back from battle. The children have a disease, the photosensitive, which means they cannot be touched by direct sunlight without being hurt in some way. They will live alone there with oppressive, strange, and almost religious rules until she needs to hire a group of servants for them, because their servants mysteriously just 
disappeared. Their arrival will accidentally begin to break the rules with unexpected consequences. This movie is crazy. Um, Just so you know, if you have any interest in watching this movie and you don't want the fantastic ending spoiled, turn this off and go watch the movie. Oh, yeah. But you can't because it's not available anywhere. Seriously. Uh, Jessica, do you mind telling everyone the story of how we got our hands on this movie? So this movie, movie, uh, classic to us, we chose another movie that is not, you cannot stream it, buy it, rent it anywhere. So uh, shout out to my boyfriend, Sebastian, um, called his dad and his dad stuck that, uh, that disc that was rolling around somewhere in his house into a random empty Blu-ray container and gave it to us and... (laughs) I literally can't. I um I'm you do very, what you gotta do. I feel very conflicted because a big part of me like doesn't wanna partake in any physical media because I'm like I like records or DVDs or CDs because I feel like I already have too much stuff. You don't have too much stuff. I don't I'm in your home and you don't have too much stuff. Okay. I think you just have a tr- have trouble um, committing to things long term, Monica. I do, and really holding on. Let's unpack this. No, please. Um, <laughs> where does your fear of permanence come from? Oh my god! <laughs> Shout out to my therapist, Veronica. Eric's like, keep going. No, like shout out to my therapist, Veronica. You have uh, changed the rug in your living room approximately four times in the past six months. My media console is different. My coffee table is different than when I first moved in here. This apartment is, the furniture is always moving. Where does your need for constant change come from? Yo, <laughs> this is like straight up too deep, yo. That's so fucking crazy, bro. Motherfuckers <laughs> out here trying to ask me about my feelings. I don't get it. <laughs> I'm just trying to talk about like Nicole Kidman and Man, stuff. Man, fool, like you're trying to get out deep and shit. I'm trying to be like Orn Orn. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you're like Orn Orn. I'm like Or Yes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, but anyway. You're, you don't want to own physical media, et cetera. Um, yes, but in this case, yeah. specifically with the others, yeah. uh, the DVD came in fucking clutch, and I'm kind of thinking, like, maybe <laughs> we should own physical media. I think if you find something that you really like, you should own it. I agree. That's kind of what my That's philosophy is. That's been my is. philosophy also as well. <laughs> no, it hasn't, because you own two DVDs, and I know you have a <laughs> lot of things you really like. I do. <laughs> So <laughs> I am that hoe that likes things. <laughs> that is me. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the others, the others felt like a nostalgic haunted house film. Yeah, it's and yet very refreshing at the yes, same time. And yet very refreshing. It gave me very much like taking it all the way back to those original, like gorgeous haunted house mm-hmm. films that dealt with like the supernatural. Cause like, that wasn't as popular at the time. Right. In doing my research yeah. for this podcast, uh, it kind of came at a really weird time in the uh, horror genre. Right. Uh, a lot of people were more, way more into like the Scream franchise and like specifically those like like psycho killer films mm-hmm. <laughs> like were really popular at this time. And then this little baby movie came out and sort of like came back to shake things up. Yeah. Um. 
and that was i mean that was really cool to like kind of read about and like after watching it i kind of like look back looked back at it and realized that yeah it did feel like really comforting and like mm-hmm. kind of new and fresh and like i haven't seen that in in a hot minute even now yeah i feel like we're getting a lot of like more psychological thriller out there yeah than really um anything supernatural like well this. And i would argue that this is psychological in a way because for a while you oh. really are led oh. to believe that it's not actual horror literally that it is all in her head yeah that i'm like watching a victorian like film or some yeah shit. like there are some like deep fakes where you're like oh like is she being drugged and she's hallucinating or you know there's there's some stuff like that going yeah. on um and you get to the end and you're like fuck and you're like mother this is a real ass scary movie this is so motherfucking scary yo yeah i really feel like so to take it kind of like back for you guys we start out Nicole Kidman is screaming. Yeah. First scene. <laughs> I literally wrote in my notes, Nicole screaming work, bitch. <laughs> so it starts with Nicole Kidman screaming in bed, screaming in a bed. She's just woken up from a nightmare. Yes. Um, and we kind of just get like thrust into her world, which yes. is all of one place. Yes. Her house. Her home. <laughs> like this is her entire world. We, the audience, don't like we. Not even we are privy to the world outside of her house and like the grounds that her house mm-hmm. is on. Never once in this film do we see the the fucking road. We don't see the city, the town, like whatever it is they live in. They apparently live like on an island near the English Channel, mm-hmm. um, and so they're like one of them British islands. Yeah, and so and also like this is right after World War Two, and everything is like really dark and grim. And they had just been occupied by Germany. It's a whole fucking thing. But all mm-hmm. this to say, this kind of like sets up this like little world in her house. And she's about to put out a, a call for servants when all of a sudden these three servants or like these three people who uh, like are service providers come to her house. and are Yeah, like, they just fucking walk <laughs> up to the front door and they're just like ring a ding ding. You need some servants. And she's like, yo, actually, yes, I do. Uh, and it turned out that the the letter that she was going to mail or like had mailed did not actually get sent sent. Yeah. And so she's like, wait a minute. What are you bitches doing here? Yeah. How did you know that not, I needed yeah, help? Like essentially like because they didn't respond to her ad because the ad yeah. was never put in. And so she's like, what, what the fuck are you guys doing in my yeah. house? And they're like, truthfully, ma'am, we came back because we used to work here until the tuberculosis came. <laughs> Yeah, and they were like, it were, they were the happiest years of our lives. And so they came back after the war. They were just like, oh, we're just back. We're returning. One of them is this creepy woman. I believe the actress's name is like Fanula something. Um, she plays a scary bitch in every movie. She plays in. like the devil in every movie. Correct. <laughs> it's uh, ridiculous. Then there's a man whose name I don't remember. And then there's a mute. A yeah, mute so there's uh, <laughs> m- Mrs. Mills, Mr. Tuttle, and the mute girl. Uh-huh. Uh, I keep forgetting her name. I don't remember. What is her name? Janice, right? No. No. Her name isn't Janice. (laughs) (laughs) No. um, And Lydia. Lydia. Janice. Stop. (laughs) Nor. Janice. 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 (laughs) That's the most British name. Janice. Janice. (laughs) Either Janice. 
Uh, okay. Oh my God. But anyway, yeah. So they stroll yeah. up and they're like, give us a job. And she's like, mm, okay, fine. Asks no questions. <laughs> Offers no interview. Beyond that. No interview. No, nothing. nothing. She's just like, oh, you know the house? Great. Because here's the thing. It's a huge fucking house. It's like, a, it's, think. It's a manor. manor. It's a manor. It's gi- like, I literally It's wrote, giving manor. It's giving English countryside vibes, old money, manor vibes, manor, manor vibes, vibes. <laughs> Like it's giving big manner. <laughs> it's giving big manner. Uh, yes. So this is a manner, and her whole thing is she lives there alone with her two young children, a yeah. boy and a girl. Yeah. And she has these weird fucking rules about how <laughs> every time you enter a room, you have to unlock the door to that room, lock it behind you before you can open another door going into the next room, and if you are going through them you have to close the curtains when you leave or some shit like that um because the children are photosensitive so they can't be there can't not be any light they apparently like blister in the light yes like they're like heavily i guess allergic to the sun and to a certain degree i get it but also like she should be testing to see what their allergy like how far their allergies progress absolutely uh every day if i were their mother well, yes. if I were Nicole Kidman, I'd be like, hey, yo, little one. Well, there, there are a lot of things that would be different in this movie if yes. Nicole Kidman is not here. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So this is, this, this is the setup that we have. And Nicole is, I think that this is an unexpected role for her personally. Like, usually, I'm not saying that there aren't good horror movies, but usually horror movies are not like the thing that starlets do to, yes. to forward their career and like frankly even now that's not really a thing we it's, know it's it's starting to get a lot better like um i don't know like anya taylor joy in the witch right or uh francis Pugh in midsummer like you mean florence Pugh. francis Pugh, <laughs> stop it right now I've morphed Frances McDormand and Florence Pugh to Honestly, one person. Honestly, if they had a kid, if they that'd had be a the kid, best actor in the world. If they had a kid, <laughs> it would be so talented. <laughs> no, but seriously. So, uh, but anyway, Florence Pugh in Midsummer. Um, but even, but like, still, we're not but, there yet. Yeah. Well, also, I'm thinking of all these things. Like, these are still; those are still like early career roles. No, literally, for people. Yes. And I guess you could argue that this was still somewhat early ish in Nicole's career, but she was very yeah. much famous, very famous already. This was the nineties. This two thousand one. This was two thousands. <laughs> she would win her Oscar the next year. No, I am so proud of her for taking this role. Yeah, I love how much it made her stretch like Mm -hmm. you could tell that she was definitely not comfortable no um also like watching nicole be a mother and like maternal on screen was kind of new for me yeah but in a really weird way in a very weird way (laughs) right so she is so yes so she is maternal she is the mother she is like the 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 matriarch of the household like there is no one above her only god essentially sure and the way that she goes about this role is like Yes, I'm a mother, but I'm also hot. And I'm not I'm not only hot, I'm also kind of insane. I'm also a religious fanatic. Yes, I'm also like <laughs> the way that she, she, I was gonna say the way she governs her children, yes. I'm dead. The way that she uh, raises her children 
is completely and utterly rooted in fear and religion. Yes. So essentially teaching them that there is a hell, that they will fucking end up in hell or in limbo and, or in purgatory, whatever mm-hmm. they're talking about in this movie. I do not understand the hierarchies of the afterlife yeah. in Catholicism or whatever re- religion they're practicing. Um, and it's crazy because these children believe every word because this is their world. Yeah. There's nothing outside of this that makes them question literally anything because they're kids living in a house where they, they can never leave. Mm -hmm. And so the entire time you're thinking like, Nicole, (laughs) is everything okay? Yeah. And the only thing that starts testing their beliefs are these supernatural events that initially kind of border on superstition. And in, in British, in British culture, and in Irish culture. So like pretty much in the UK, that whole area, like superstition um, is big in, I mean, it's big in a lot of cultures, but especially over there, they have a lot of really like superstitious shit. And so this movie very, very intelligently puts like, puts superstition up against religion and like places them against each other because it, it, shows a lot of parallels between the two yes, and how there's a lot of paranoia and like deep fear and just like very extreme radical belief that is not rooted in any kind of fact. Like it shows how similar the two are, which then makes her seem crazy, which is kind of the point. But then on top of it, a lot of this stuff is actually happening and it's very supernatural. And then you start getting into the shit of like, well, maybe this is real. And if it is like, fuck. And she starts reeling that. And she's realizing that she starts realizing like, go, oh, okay, my religion is like not enough to stand up to this shit. And that's terrifying because that's all she has. That's like the only defense that she has. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the film, like it does a really good job of like, faking you out every five seconds yeah like uh a good example is when they when nicole kidman's character is like frantically looking for the sound that she keeps hearing uh in the in the upstairs rooms yeah and so she's in the junk room she's like narrowed it down to the junk the junk room where they keep all their crap like their old crap and like the crap that ended up there from like how from like house owner owners pass mm-hmm. because we're like in this weird time in, yeah. in Europe where people like just leave their shit there and it's fine. Yeah. Um, and she sees this like really curious looking photo album and she opens it up and it's like <gasps> apparently in the Victorian era. <laughs> I know. I got chills just seeing that. I know. Oh. It's so scary. Once once the movie tells you what it is, you're like, this is a real thing. This is yes. something that people actually used to people do. And there's so much this. photographic evidence of it. It's so scary. It's so bad. So it, uh, she finds this curious looking photo album, opens it up. And then it, so again, in the Victorian era, people would, when their loved ones had, have passed, yes. uh, they would take their body and clothe it and like make it up mm-hmm. and uh, have it like, have a portrait taken. Have a portrait taken of it, but like propping it up in a chair or like not it. It's a person. It's the like body. popping the body up on the chair, like having it hold hands with another corpse. Yeah. It's very, it was very interesting. It was very odd. It was very, what is Nicole? She was like, oh, how macabre. How macabre. Yes. Uh, and it's, it's fucking creepy. It's fucking creepy. 
And so you think the entire time, like, oh my God, we're going to see like something in that that's going to like fucking make everything click. It just doesn't happen. And so you're thinking to yourself, I'm getting paranoid, like Mm -hmm. alongside Nicole. Maybe I'm just paranoid. This is crazy. And then another example is when Mrs. Mills tries to give Nicole Kidman's character uh, migraine medication. Yeah. And she like hands it to her. And Nicole's like, maybe I shouldn't take it because like, what if it's like making me crazy? And she like dumps it down the drain. And again, you see this like, this like intense paranoia yeah. and you yourself are like, yeah, don't, don't, don't take those pills, girl. Like, don't do it because yeah. I don't know. There's something about Nicole's performance and the movie itself. That's just making you paranoid the entire time. Yeah, especially because you haven't actually seen anything Nothing. scary. Nothing. You hear sounds and like you, the, the daughter reports like seeing people and she has drawings of them, etc. But Nicole Kidman is basically like, oh, she's just doing this for attention. She needs to be punished, et cetera. But she's realizing she's realizing that like there is something inexplicable in the house and there's nothing she can do about it. And she has like so the way that she like shows the anger and the fear and the uncertainty that is rising inside of her. And it's literally driving her insane and breaking her down and watching that transformation is really, really fascinating while she's also still trying to like be a mother and care for her children and discipline them. Like discipline and religion and faith still are weirdly priorities for her despite all this crazy shit that's happening. Very odd. And yeah, it's just, it's just really fascinating how this movie basically says like, yeah, sometimes parents, when they get into like weird fanaticism about things, a lot of the time it's because they're covering up their own emotional shit. Like this movie does make a lot of statements about, um, about like beliefs like that and about parenting in general. It's, it's really, really interesting. Um, and then you get, then once it really starts to wind up and you get into the big, the big twist at the end. Oh God. Should we talk about the uh, twist? I, I, I simply must. Okay, so, so if you uh, haven't watched the movie and you want to know the twist, turn them, turn this off right now. Yeah. I was literally about to say like, don't go into it. <laughs> we'll give you like five seconds. Okay. Okay. That's all you get. Uh, okay. So essentially what ends up happening is the entire fucking time that we're witnessing this movie, that we are witnessing Nicole Kidman break down in paranoia and panic mm-hmm. to the point where she like thinks one of her kids is like the ghost and yes. she just gets fucking crazy. The entire time, there was no ghosts. No girl. No girl. Well, actually there were. There were. They're the ghosts. They are the ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> Nicole Kidman and her family are actually the ghosts in the house the and entire time. And the servants time. are ghosts as well. Yes, they are also ghosts. They died first though. They died the way 1800s. back in the day via tuberculosis. Yeah, so Nicole, the way this all unravels is Nicole Kidman finds one of these death portraits and it is of the three servants. And she's like, or no. She's like, oh, fuck. And did. so they start freaking out. Well, it's not just her. At the, at the exact same time, her children make the discovery of the grave. Oh, the grave. That yeah. the, like, the cemetery that was uh, covered up by the three mm-hmm. servants uh, during, their, during their tenure. Yes. <laughs> they said this manner. Exactly. And 
the uh the the girl child Anne or Anna I don't remember. I think it's Anne it doesn't matter Anne like uncovers this gravestone and realizes that it's Mrs. Mills's name yeah and she goes oh shit and <laughs> because like of course her first thought is gonna be oh shit they're actually dead because she's spent already this entire time hearing ghosts mm-hmm. seeing things that aren't there like she's primed to believe this yes. she's primed to believe what she sees um and so at this point she's like oh shit we have to get away from her and and at the same time nicole kidman is like oh shit they're dead and so they all like essentially come back together and try to hide from all of these ghosts yeah and mrs mills she's coming across very scary as if like she's gonna take them and kill them whatever because she says this line about like the ghost must learn how to coexist with the living so you're like oh okay so nicole kidman and her kids they're the living um but what is actually the case is that nicole kidman they keep referring to this incident when the servants disappeared which is why she needs new servants. They keep yeah. referring to this incident where something happened, but they don't say like what happened. And what happened is that Nicole Kidman, when she was alive, went crazy and like drowned her children. Well, she smothered them with a oh, pillow. smothered them with a pillow. That's why they remained in the house right. because she, they all died in the house. Yeah. She killed her two children by smothering them with a pillow and then she shot herself. Then she shot herself. In the same room as them. Yes. And so they're dead And the people, in quotes, that they keep seeing and hearing around the house that the daughter reports seeing, those are actually real people, real humans who are in the house trying to contact the dead. And so you're like, oh, fuck, they've been dead the whole time. And it is, I mean, it's like a pretty classic twist, but the way that it's presented is really, really, really well done. And the buildup to it is really well done because oh, you yes. know that something's coming, but you can't quite piece together how and it's going like to work out. there's like no way that like you thought it was exactly that. Exactly. Yeah. There's yeah, yeah. just no way. Like yeah. it's so brilliant. And Nicole is the perfect vehicle for this kind of insane runaround because the entire movie, she really draws you in with specifically her eyes. She does her like classic squinty thing, but then she continues like, as the movie progresses, her eyes get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And you're like, Nicole, relax. Yeah. Well, what is going on? I think it works so well with her specifically because Nicole Kidman is not, she's a well-known actress. She's not the person when you watch the movie, you're like, Oh, she's the ghost. She just seems like someone rooted in reality. Absolutely. And her character is still very much rooted in reality. And so she, she is like the ultimate fake out, which is why at the very end, when she realizes she's a ghost and she realizes what she did to her children and what she did to herself, the realization on her face is like so heartbreaking and so shocking and she almost goes into like this trance like state and yeah. she's holding her children at the end and realizing like, I guess we are just trapped here. I guess this is what I did. Dad isn't coming back because he did die in the war. And this is just what this is. And she's like, she's so sorry that that's what she did. But she's like, it's almost like she's in a dream or like a weird meditative state because she's just like so, so shocked by it. And her acting is like just really impeccable there at the end her acting is really beautiful throughout the entire film she does some like incredibly graceful work but i also love that she wasn't afraid to get really ugly at times because again she's experiencing true fear true terror yeah she's also like going through this these insane and 
really, really opposing emotions at times. Mm -hmm. Like it's very, very interesting to watch. And I think like, especially looking at her career up until 2001, you don't see her like in anything other than I am the bombshell in this film. Right. Like, and it's just so nice to see her as a mother, as a woman who like the years have taken a toll on her, the, like the trauma taken a toll on her, not having her husband, like just seeing her as someone who's a lot more normal makes yeah. it feel that much scarier. Oh, totally. Because you're like, this could happen to literally anyone. And there she is the most normal looking woman just doing the kookiest things for her kids. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like her performance is rooted in so much hu- humanity that when she's like talking to the servants and being like, this is a matter of life and death for my kids. Like I really do believe that the son's going to hurt them. Yeah. Like it's so rooted in reality and like a sense of normalcy that like, I didn't really bat an eye when she was like giving this, she was, she was, she did it so sincere and so earnestly. Yeah. I was like on her side the entire movie. Totally. And up until that very, very last moment when like the credits roll, it's so much more for her than realizing like, Oh, we're dead. And Oh, what do I, what did I do? Because this whole time she's preaching all of this religious shit. And she's talking about how like bad people go to hell, kids who don't believe in God go to purgatory, et cetera, et cetera. And she's realizing like, Oh, we're not in hell. Or if we are, this is a very specific version of it. And this goes against everything that I ever realize so so much of her disbelief is also rooted in like yeah nobody knows shit about anything and that in and of itself is a really scary realization specifically for people who are deeply religious and taught to rely on some sort of like greater being and she realizes that she has no truth in her life other than I murdered my children and killed myself and that's horrifying to her yeah <laughs> it's it's just it's a shockingly nuanced and like hum very human performance for just being like oh it's a spooky movie yeah yeah uh, it's a great movie go see it go watch i mean well i'm sorry to say there's like really nowhere for you to watch you it could order the dvd on amazon i would do that i mean i did that for uh bring it on yeah so you could do it too you too can stop <laughs> wildfires exactly Smokey, comma, the bear, period. Well, that was the others. That was the others, you guys. I mean, frankly, it, an excellent spooky film. Yeah, 10 out of 10 for as we this, go into Halloween season. Yeah, for this upcoming spooky time, I would totally, totally, totally add this to like your lineup of spooky films. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Whatever, whatever those end up being, absolutely. just make sure that the others is at the top of your list. I agree. This Christmas. Mm-hmm. Right. yeah the we're still figuring out how to end this yeah. podcast yeah so any suggestions i don't know best boys i don't know we'll talk we'll talk best boys it. do everything yeah. for less oh wait we've decided how to end this podcast yeah <laughs> we forgot yeah um so because this is called best boys we figured we should shout out the actual best boys of the movies that we're doing amen so monica take it away uh for the others we're going to shout out the electrician Angel Granel and then the key grip Jose Luis Gonzalez and then the grip, wait for it, Jose Luis Gonzalez Jr. Oh shit. And I we know. didn't do this last week for To Die For, so I'm going to shout out Michael Galbraith. I think that's how you say his name, but he was the best boy on uh, To Die For. 
Congratulations. You're the best. You're the best. Well, <laughs> you're the best, Jessica. You're the best. Have a good night. Have a good night. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye, my 